Today on High Point with Ron Zappia, we're studying the model prayer. And, and so go ahead and look in your Bibles, look at it, what it says, hallowed. And we got to dust that word off a bit. And, and what it means is it specifically means that we would do what? That we would lift up, that we would magnify, that we would exalt the name of God. This is High Point with Ron Zappia, pastor of High Point Church, and I'm your host, Steve Smith. We're continuing a series called The Prayers of Jesus. And Ron, would you say that the passage we're looking at today is maybe one of the most recognizable passages on prayer in the Bible? Oh, it definitely is. I mean, that's why I entitled the message The Model Prayer, because that's what it is. If you grew up in church, you may have learned the Lord's Prayer as a kid or even heard it said by certain people. I know many, many people know it. They'll say it before a football game or before an athletic event in the huddle, but sometimes familiarity with this prayer causes us to forget its meaning and significance. So today, I want to give you a fresh perspective on the Lord's Prayer. Well, let's dive right into the message. It's called the Model Prayer. Here's Pastor Ron. I'm going to ask you, if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 6. I want to start in verse 5. Jesus has gathered his disciples, and this is what he says to them. He says, when you pray... You must not pray like the who, like the hypocrites. We don't want to be like the hypocrites. We don't want to be like those people. So how are we to pray? Well, he says they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and in the street corner. Why do they stand and pray? What does it say? What's the text say? To be to be seen by others. So so that's what they're doing is they're, they're just like, hey, we're doing it. Hey, look at me. I'm more spiritual than you. So he's like, we don't want you praying like this. Finish up in verse six. He says, truly, I say to you, They have received their reward, so we don't want that to be true of us. Look at the next verse. He says, but when you pray, he says, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will do what? He'll reward you. Now let's listen up for a moment. What do you think? Do you think he's saying that we can never pray out loud in front of people or in a service or with a bunch of people, and we always got to go down to the basement or go into the special room and lock ourselves? Is he saying that? No, he's not saying that. But what he is saying is he's saying, guys, we got to watch our motives when it comes to prayer. And so if we're just always praying out loud in front of people, maybe it's just you and your family at the dinner table. I think for me, the the key is this. It's like this. Make sure your public prayer doesn't exceed your private prayer. Amen? And then he says this in verse 7. He says, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. Those are the people that don't know God. He says, for they think they will be heard for what? For their many words. Just for, you know, just like, it's like, wow, wow, wow. How many people remember um, Charlie Brown? Wow, wow, wow. Remember the parents? Wow, wow, wow. You couldn't understand him. It's just like, wow, 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 wow. It's like, we don't need to pray like this. It's not the number of words. It's the sincerity of our heart. And then he says this. I love this last phrase. He says, do not be like them, for your father knows, catch this, he knows what you need before you ask him. So think about a parent for a moment. Think of the parent that's got the kid, and the kid's 16 years old, so the kid comes at 8.30 on a Friday, and he's all dressed up, and he smiles at his dad. What's he want? He wants the keys. And you say, you want the keys, don't you? Dad, how did you know? What do you mean, how did I know? And that's like our Heavenly Father. He knows what we need before we even ask. So this is the phrase. He says this, then pray like this. He doesn't say, let me be clear, he doesn't say pray using these exact words. 
It, that's not it. It's not like we're to memorize this, and that's good if you memorize it, and it's good to recite it. We were just ministered to up front as people were reciting those words. But what I want to do is I'm going to take apart these words after we read them together, and I want to give you three helps, I just want to call it that, to be more effective or more efficient in your prayer. Effective in that you're not going to wander off as you pray, but that you'll be able to keep focused. And that's what this prayer really does. So are you ready to read it? Let's start together. And it says this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. First thing is this, again, three helps. So the first is that you would reflect on God as your father. Now, I know what happens when I say that because for most of us, we're just saying, you're saying, so you know, that's not really a new concept. And you're just thinking, you know, I, I know that, I, I know, but, but stop, because when he said this in verse 9, he says, our Father in heaven, he's blowing the minds of his disciples. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, because it's not a big deal to us, but it was revolutionary to them. They had not thought of God in that concept as their father. They thought of him as more distant and that he was one that was not as close, and so for the disciples, when they heard this, God is our Father. For them, they weren't even allowed to say the name of God, Yahweh. They weren't allowed to verbalize that. They could only say it 10 times a year during the religious holiday. So what happened is, is that made God appear more distant than he really was. And so God is our Father. That's the first thing, that as I go to him in prayer, that I'm reflecting that he is my Father. Now, when I say that, I know enough because I've talked to enough people in counseling sessions to know that some thinking of God as their father does not bring back the best memories. Can we just leave it at that? And maybe that's you because your relationship with your dad was maybe it was non-existent. Maybe you were neglected. So as you begin to think about that, you begin to portray that onto God. I was just in a discussion this past week with our youth pastor who oversees our high school ministry and our young adults. He said, this series is really hitting me because I've been thinking about prayer and I'm thinking about praying to God as my father. And this, this is what he said. He said, I have a hard time because I left home at age 18. And he left home, he went to another country, he went over and, and he, he never came back. And, and so what he did was, is when he talked to dad through 18, through like, you know, 25, it was like, it was just a phone call. Like the relationship, it was good. He didn't have a problem with his dad, but it was just distant. It was just checking in. He was just like this. He's saying, you know what? I just, I lack the dependency of my dad because I didn't speak to him that often. And they said, I, I've kind of brought that into my relationship with God. I have a tendency to do what? To be self-sufficient. Isn't that an interesting thing? So, so as you think about your relationship with your dad, it can say a lot about what you think about your heavenly father. That's what it says in the text. Look, because he says, our father in heaven. So he's saying, you know, he's not your earthly dad. He is your heavenly dad. And so don't let this, don't let your father's reputation, maybe your dad's bad reputation, influence your heavenly father's image and who he really is. So we got to do this. 
as we look to God, that we would be the first help is that we would reflect on God as our Father, our Father in heaven. And then before we do this, before we kind of start doing this thing, we get a little too chummy with God. And see, we have, as evangelicals, we kind of, the pendulum is always swinging back and forth. And maybe you grew up in a situation where you, you looked at God like very official and, and you didn't see him as your father. And you looked at the Bible as this book that didn't really relate to you. And so you put God on this pedestal and then you learned and you came to Christ and you know the pendulum for the evangelicals is we know that, that God is our father and that we can approach him and we can talk to him. But before you get too chummy, because I, I just have a little problem with these kind of prayers. It's just like, hey, God, and I know what you mean, but it's kind of like this. I, I just, I hear people, sometimes they refer to their dad as the old man. Have you ever heard that? The old man. I could never say that about my dad. I, I just, there's just something. I, I just, I couldn't do it. Why? It, to me, it communicates just a little bit of uh, lack of respect. And so as we talk to our heavenly father, that we would respect him, that we would revere him. And so before we get too chummy, it's just like, you know, it, it, we, he says next, hallowed be thy name. And, and so go ahead and look in your Bibles, look at it, what it says hallowed, and, and, and think about that term for a moment. And, and I just ask this question, when's the last time you used that word? Anybody? Uh, ooh, uh. It's this word, we got, we got to do this. Like, get your Bibles and just, we got, to, we got to dust that word off a bit. Because it's like, like what does that mean? And, and that word, it's, it's, it's almost like it's, a, it's an old English term. And, and what it means is it specifically means that we would do what? That we would lift up, that we would magnify, that we would exalt the name of God. That we would put him in his proper perspective. And that he's above all things. He is our heavenly father who looks down upon us. And that we would do this. I love what it says in Psalm 34, verse 3. It says that we would exalt his name together. That, that that's what we would do. That we would glorify him. That we would magnify the name of God. That's what we're called to do. listening to High Point with Ron Zappian. We're learning the powerful elements of the model prayer, otherwise known as the Lord's Prayer. As for this message, when you call 844-HP-RADIO or watch, listen, download this message and more at highpointministries.com. We'll continue with more teaching in just a moment. Oswald Chambers once wrote this about his relationship with God. I am determined to be absolutely and entirely for him and for him alone. Chambers was set on living a godly life centered on Jesus, and it overflowed into his teaching. So that's why this month, High Point Ministries with Ron Zappia wants to get you Chambers' book of daily devotions, which is packed with a spiritual energy boost for each day. Each of the daily readings is filled with concentrated, life-changing truths on how to live a God-centered life that will help you reach a new level in your faith. That's why for the month of January, for a donation of any amount to High Point Ministries with Ron Zappia, We'll send you Oswald Chambers' My Utmost for His Highest, a devotional book filled with biblical principles you can apply daily to your life as you seek the Lord. Call 844-HP-RADIO to receive your copy of Oswald Chambers' My Utmost for His Highest for a donation of any amount. Or request this great resource online at highpointministries.com. 
This is High Point, and Pastor Ron Zappi is in our series called The Prayers of Jesus. For additional resources, including audio and video messages, head to highpointministries.com. Now here's Ron with the conclusion of today's message. Think about magnification. As something is magnified and you get the magnifying glass out, does the object literally get larger or does it appear to be larger to you? It appears, right? That's why some of you get your reading glasses on. It's like the text, like the text stays the same. It doesn't, like the Bible doesn't get bigger to you or whatever you're reading. But, but as you magnify what? The glass, it, it, it allows you to see it in a bigger way or you start to see it for what it actually is because now you can see more clearly. And what we're to do is we're to magnify the name. God is not going to get bigger than he already is. Are you with me? He is huge and he's breathed life into you and he's done what? He's created this universe and I'm telling you, he is awesome and he is amazing and he is holy and he is worthy to be hallowed, to have our respect and honor. But at times, our eyes get a little fuzzy and we need to get the magnifying glass out and we need to see him as he really is. I love what Augustine says. He says, this is to be prayed for. Not as if, as if the name of God were not holy already, but that it may be held holy by men, that we would see him for who he is, that when we begin to pray, that we would pray and that we would reflect on God as your father, that, that we would do this, that, that you would call out to him and say, and say, Lord, hallowed be your name. God, I need to honor you and glorify you and lift you up. And Father, as I think of my own dad, he, he's let me down in the past. But, but I know that that's not true of you. I know you're with me at all times. God, I know that you're for me. God, I know what the text says, the scripture says, that you are a father to the fatherless. And I haven't had a dad. But God, you've stepped in and you have helped me in times of great need. That's the help. So, so what's the second one? Look with me at the next set of verses because the second one is that we would acknowledge something, that we would acknowledge that God is in control. Can you acknowledge that this morning? No matter what you're experiencing, no matter what uncertainty has befallen you, that, that God is in control. And that's where he goes next. That's where he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, go ahead and look at that first phrase in verse 10. He says, your kingdom come. That word kingdom there, the Greek word, it doesn't necessarily mean geographic territory. What it literally means is it's about sovereign rule. And so if you think about it this way, it's meaning that God has a sovereign rule. Where does that sovereign rule take place? It takes place in human heart. And so you would pray, maybe like this, understanding this prayer, that you would pray that God would expand his sovereign rule in the midst of your individual heart. That God would have his way in me in all areas. That's what he's saying. Your kingdom come. Now it certainly is this. It's the hope that we have that our Lord Jesus will return. Can I get an amen for that? And so you say, well, where is that? Well, that's Revelation chapter 19. And keep reading, because the kingdom will come. 
And, and that's why he goes on to say, when he says, on earth as it is in heaven, he's saying the boundaries will be broken. The, 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 these boundaries that we have from heaven to earth, they will be no more for the entirety of our world. But when he says this, your will be done, he's asking that we would pray for God's sovereignty, that we would acknowledge that he is in control. See, too many people, what happens is this, we slide into this place. And I don't know, we, I don't know how we get there, but it, it just happens over time. And what we do is we begin to pray, and we think prayer is about this. We're, we're, we're going to pray, and we're going to get down, and we're going to call out to the Lord, and, and we're going to pray to him. And, and really, prayer is about us or you getting God on your page. And so, you know, like, like God, you got to understand this is what's going on, and, and, and I need this, and, and this is what's happening. And, and prayer is not that you would get God on your page. Think of it this way. Prayer is that God is going to get you on his page. And, and that's a difference, and I can say that and, sit, and stand and sit and say these things, and, and that is a big barrier to many people, that, 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 that prayer is the time where God's going to change your heart. He's going to change your mind. He's going to make you see things differently. Are you open to that kind of prayer? It only happens for me when I acknowledge that, God, you're in control. You know more than I, Lord. That phrase, is that phrase in your prayer life? God, you know more than I do, and you're in control, and, and, and God, you know what's best. Is that phraseology in the midst? Are you saying that and believing? That's what you're saying when you say, your will be done. God, would you expand your rule in my heart that I would see more clearly what you're doing and what you want to accomplish? And God, would you help me to get off of my own page and to get onto yours? I don't know if you've ever experienced the difficulty in the hospital room when you're praying for a loved one. And, 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 and we know that God heals and we know that God does what? That God could do a miracle. We've heard the stories and the testimonies where he could bring somebody back to life. Can he not? And so there's a time when we're praying for that for our loved one who is going through difficulty and sickness. But then something happens in the heart of a mature follower of Christ. And, and I've had this happen with my own parents. Where you stop praying for the healing. Because you know that ultimately God will heal everyone because we will walk with him in eternity. But then something changes where you begin to sense God's spirit. Where you begin to just pray, God would you please take them. God, would you please take them so that there's no more pain? God, would you please make these final days, days where we can, we can, that they'll see and understand. And that's what I'm talking about, that you're getting on God's, like that transaction that happens, that's a supernatural work. Your will be done. Our God can accomplish many things 
but we need to understand that he's in control. And, and it's easy to say that here, but even, I'm telling you, in my own individual life and even in the life of our church, I, I'm just like, things happen, and you're just like, well, what was the reason, and why did that happen? And, and just when you think maybe you're in that situation now and a need is great and you don't understand what's next and you can't see what tomorrow is going to bring, he's working behind the scenes, building and growing and maturing. And it's not about him getting on our page, but us getting on his. And, and that's sometimes hard to do. Where are we at? Let's get back into the passage because now he's going to do this. He's going to teach us, Jesus is. It's like, well, when do we get to ask for stuff? Well, that's what's next. This is the help. And so I just wrote this. I wrote, ask God for what you need. And you say, well, what do we need? Well, that's what he's going to do, and he's going to detail it for us right now. So look with me at verse 11, and it's interesting. I didn't say what you want, because there's a difference between what I want and what I need. Isn't it true? And these are the three needs for all of us. You need this. First thing, I'm just going to walk right through the text. Look at verse 11. You need God's provision. I hope you'll see it there. God, give us this day what? You tell me. Our daily bread. Look with me down at verse 25 because Jesus is going to give some powerful teaching. He says in chapter 6 of Matthew, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body and more than clothing? He says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet, there it is, your heavenly Father, he feeds them. And then he says it to us, he says, are you not more value than some stinking birds? Doesn't say that, but. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life? And here it is, verse 33, you ready? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what needs to be important. And all these things will be added unto you. That we would do what? That we would pray for God's provision. Look at the next phrase in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. Because now it's time to ask, and he says this, Forgive us our debts, and we will also forgive our debtor. So we're not only to do what? We're not only to call on God for his provision. That's what you need. You need God's pardon. Teaching us about the model prayer. You're listening to a message from Pastor Ron Zappia here on High Point. You can find the entire Prayers of Jesus series when you head to highpointministries.com. Well, Ron, you made this pretty important statement at the end there that we need God's pardon. Tell us what you mean about that. Yeah, we all do. I mean, you know, sometimes we walk through life under the weight and the burden of sin. That's what we do, the backpack of guilt and shame. I certainly remember that in my own life. When we're weighed down in guilt, it's because we haven't gone to the one who can relieve us of that burden. If you've never received God's forgiveness, you can do that today. If you haven't made a decision for the Lord Jesus Christ, he wants to do this. He wants to relieve the burden that you can. He's paid for your sin. He went to the cross. That's what the gospel means, that Jesus took your place on the cross. You should have been the one to die that death. You should have been the one to suffer, but he took your place and paid the penalty for your sin to satisfy the demands of God. All we need to do is call out to him, 
to admit that we're sinners, believe that Jesus Christ came, he died, he rose again, and confess him as Savior and Lord. If you want to do that right now, just follow me in this simple but heartfelt prayer. Father, I look to you with great thanks because of who you are and what you've done. I recognize at this moment, I admit that I have failed you, that I have sinned against you. I believe you sent your son for me. I ask you, Lord, that he would come into my life, come into my heart, that I would live a life that would be pleasing to him. Lord, I confess him as my Savior and Lord today. Would you live your life through me? If you prayed that prayer from your heart today, maybe there wasn't some fireworks that went off or anything like that, but the truth is this, that God's forgiveness and grace has washed away your sin and you have a fresh start in him. Well, that's such an important prayer. You're listening to High Point with Pastor Ron Zappia. And if you prayed that prayer, be sure to request a free resource called The Bridge to the Gospel. And it's going to help you learn about God's forgiveness that's available to you on the cross, that salvation can be yours. Call 844-HP-RADIO or go to highpointministries.com. You can also request this resource for a friend, use it to walk them through this prayer of forgiveness. Now, maybe you've been wondering how you can share the gospel on an even broader scale. Well, why not join our team of monthly supporters? Become a High Point monthly partner today when you sign up to make a recurring donation to High Point Ministries. Your investment is going to help more women and men believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus through High Point Ministries. And today, when you make a donation of any amount, we're going to send you a classic devotional to jumpstart your day each and every day in the scriptures. It's called My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers, and this has been inspiring Christians for more than 75 years now. Get your copy when you call in your gift to 844-477-2346 or go to highpointministries.com. If you prefer to send a check, write to us at High Point Ministries, P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. I'm Steve Smith, inviting you to come back tomorrow when Pastor Ron continues his message called The Model Prayer. That's Thursday on High Point with Ron Zappia.